say that person goes out and causes damage or drives their car drunk and kills somebody, there are laws that make you liable for even the death or damage. Hey, you're 86. I'm Justin Myers, and this is a show about how bartenders handle bad situations. You've had enough, man. Today we're talking about cutting people off. My guest is Andrew Meltzer, 2016 World Class Bartender of the Year, formerly of 15 Romolo. He's currently the beverage director at the brand new Noose restaurant in Fillmore. Andrew's had a lot of experience with overserved customers, and he had a lot of great advice to share. Let's get into it. People that have already been overserved and make their way in, or perhaps have hit their limit under um, your own supervision, which is a big risk to take in any bar, anywhere with an alcohol license. Um, and there are many challenges that come with it. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are the signs and symptoms that, that you're looking out for? Well, too much. I would start by saying this very important piece of information that if you are in the business of serving alcohol to guests, you cannot have any alcohol yourself in your body or you won't be able to objectively and truthfully judge somebody else's level of intoxication. So the most important thing to remember before you start looking at other people is to look at yourself and are you sober physically? Like, have you not had anything to drink today? And that includes marijuana and other drugs, but also perhaps you might be under medication that might take away your ability to think clearly or to judge other people clearly. And there are other factors like maybe you've had a, disruptive day, got in an argument with your parents or your girlfriend or whatever it is, or today my neighbor moved my scooter and the contractor should not have done that, so I came to work very pissed off and I had to like take a woo-saw moment to make sure that I was interacting with my guests clearly and thoughtfully before I started service. So... What, what do when you I'm, do specifically? What's that? When, you, when you're having a bad day or when you're on medication or something, how, um, do, you, how do you Well, bring if you're on medication, down? that's another story. If you're on any sort of medication that would affect your ability to clearly judge other people and you have the idea that somebody might have been overserved or you're just concerned, you should absolutely get another opinion. And in fact, anytime you're thinking about cutting somebody off, you should always get a second opinion from a coworker. But... In this case, you might even want a second and third opinion and just take your own out um, and let somebody that is truly sober and clear-headed do the decision-making if you're under medication or something like that. Um, But for me, say I've just had a stressful day, for example, I clear my head with a little meditation in the break room for a couple minutes and just reminding myself that all is well and taking some deep breaths and checking my own heart rate and making sure that I'm feeling good and even just a couple minutes of quiet deep breathing and reminding myself that everything is good and we're here to work and take care of people usually resets me and makes me level-headed yeah so back to cutting people off yes Um, and uh, what we're looking for what we're looking for yeah I mean we all know the like slurred speech and and stuff but maybe there's some uncommon signs or, or or maybe things you see 
the most often? Or Yeah, what? I think the things that you see the most often, you know, for us, we were talking about having people waiting in line, and that's kind of like the best place to start seeing them. If you're waiting in line for a while and you're sober, you'll have an easy job standing up and straight, assuming you're in a physically able-bodied condition. But oftentimes I'll see, especially with younger people, but not always, guests that might have come from another bar or restaurant or just had a pregame drink at home or an aperitif or somewhere after work and had a drink or two, and then now they're waiting in line for their food, and maybe they're a little wobbly, and I can see this from a distance without even having to uh, talk to them. But, you know, leaning against the wall in a more supportive way than a sober person might. Or eye contact, I think, is difficult for people that are intoxicated. Because the room's spinning. Yeah, you know, not only is it the look in their eyes, like maybe a slightly glazed look, or maybe their eyes a little more dilated, but there's a hesitancy to maintain eye contact and have full concentration and the ability to listen to somebody when you're intoxicated, it's easier for your mind to slip away. So those are good signs to look at. You know, another thing, we actually were just having a lineup the other day and talking about over-intoxicated guests and the responsibility of a server, bartender or server, that's providing drinks to a guest and the responsibilities that they carry if, say, that person goes out and causes damage or drives their car drunk and kills somebody there are laws that make you liable for even the death or damage of another right. person or their property. And that could be jail time or up to a $10,000 fine, depending on what state you're in, which is really scary to imagine. It's like servers and bartenders are not rich <laughs> and they generally, nor and, and, yeah, nor do they want to go to jail. So it's a risk that we take, and the liability that's put on us that most other professions don't have to worry about. And um, many people don't realize that until it's too late, which is a shame. So we have to be very careful about over-serving and being responsible with our guests for our own well-being and for theirs. Um, so, you know, we mentioned some things that we look out for, whether it's slurring or lack of eye contact or um, the inability to like really hold your posture. And it's easy, like I said, to have a quick interview and not be intrusive, but to politely ask somebody how their day has been and, oh, where are you guys coming from? Have you been in the neighborhood? Did you, don't actually say, did you guys have drinks right before here? But maybe they'll let you know that you've had some drinks. And if, if you have any thought in your bone that you should not serve a guest, don't. It's not going to be the end of the world. And there's a lot of situations where maybe you've got four guests standing in line and only one of them looks like they've been overserved or they're intoxicated and maybe they're trying to order another drink or their first drink from you and you're not comfortable with it but the other three people in their party are fine. That's a tricky situation, but it's actually 
a better situation than having just one guest on their own that you don't want to serve. One guest on their own might push back a little harder, but when they're with their friends, if you explain to their friend, especially the soberest and the most sober and closest looking companion to the person in question, say their boyfriend or girlfriend or maybe their best friend or sibling or whoever it is that they're with, just explain to them the situation like, hey, I'm not really comfortable serving this person. I think they might have had a drink too much already and I can't be liable for them to be overserved in our restaurant. You're more than welcome to dine here and enjoy some food. I might even send them out a free snack just to give them a little bit of energy. But this person that you're explaining it to will usually take your side and understand like, ah, you're looking out for the group. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I'll help you explain to our friend here that he or she is no longer being served. And that doesn't mean you can't come back. We want you to come back and have a good time and try our wine and cocktails and beers. But at a later date, when you are sober and we don't have the risk of you injuring yourself or somebody else. And really explaining it to them that way, that we're looking out for you and for the general public is a kinder way to, to approach it than to say, hey, just you're drunk and I'm not serving you. That's a little bit abrasive and some people don't handle that very well. Um, especially if you are going to serve their friends, it's important to explain why and how the situation is going to work. Like if I'm going to serve you but not your girlfriend, I'll explain why. And I have to be very clear to you that if I continue to serve you, by no means can your partner have any drop of alcohol. If I see them holding your drink, or say you've ordered an extra drink and it made its way to that person, I will have to remove the drinks from everybody and ask everybody to leave. So people generally are willing and understanding. And we actually have a lot of little tricks too that, that we use to help quell the situation. Because if I'm going to cut you off from alcohol, I'm not cutting you off from having a good time or enjoying a tasty non-alcoholic beverage or one of our delicious teas from all around the world. I've got lots of really great alternatives. And in fact, we've designed several cocktails that are non-alcoholic drinks that feel like a cocktail and they look like a cocktail. So it gives you a lot of that same satisfaction. It might actually give you more satisfaction than another cocktail would because it's not going to make you feel messed up. In fact, it might give you a little bit of vitamin C and, and energy to like boost you on for the rest of the night so you can continue socializing with your friends and feel a little better about yourself. Yeah. So using, using their friends sounds like a really good tool and yeah. also put them on your side first put them on your side and show them that you're helping them um and yes. not just trying to because nobody nobody likes to be told that they can't have something yes. especially when they're drunk because you know alcohol turns us into children and if you tell of a course. child they can't have more of something they you know the, the same thing happens with adults oh yes <laughs> it does with children and they can be more temperamental yeah 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 but i think that there's um a really important rule to remember and this is something that is a rule that gets broken in restaurants all the time, is if you cut somebody off, there's no taking that back. 
for example, people will try to bargain with you and say, maybe once I order a flatbread and some crispy potatoes, those will fill me up and absorb the alcohol. Then can I have another drink? You can't say, maybe, let's revisit that later. It's no. I think a lot I of people cut do you that. off right now. I can't serve you a drink anytime today. You can come back tomorrow and we'll revisit the situation. But today you've had enough and I'm not comfortable with it. And that's the end of it. You're welcome to stay and eat, but I can't serve you any drinks now or after you've eaten or even three hours from now when you think you've sobered up. There's no such thing as like a cold shower, a hot coffee, or a big bowl of french fries that are gonna save you right now. Those will probably make you feel a little better and might make you feel a little more sober. It's not changing the amount of alcohol that's in your bloodstream. Right, and that's really you know, where the legal uh, issue comes in. Yes. Uh, so, so you see the you see someone that's exhibiting these signs. Uh, some of my other favorites are um, people trying to buy drinks for everyone. You ever you ever get that one? Yes, of course. Um, or and then the biggest one for me would be uh, if they tell me something like three times and then they forget, you know, like memory loss. You ever oh ever yeah, see that? that's a great sign. <laughs> and that person might not even display other signs of like physical inhibition or. They might be standing up st- tall and straight and strong. Some people you can't even tell. Yeah, and it's very challenging. And you brought up a good point, people ordering a round of drinks for their friends, which is generous and easy on the side of service. Like, great, you got everybody's order? Fantastic, that makes my job so much easier. And th- we talked about this already. If you've cut somebody off in the party and another member of the party is trying to order drinks from them for them, you need to let everybody know that this person's been cut off and they can't have a drink. And if they break the rule, that's it for everybody in the party. Mm -hmm. If their drinks haven't been drank yet, we'll buy them for them and ask them to leave and close them out for everything else they've had. Well, that's a good strategy. Yeah, but you brought up a good point. What if person A orders drinks for the other four people in his or her party and you haven't really had an interaction with them and you don't know if they're intoxicated or not. That's a big risk that we take and this happens all the time everywhere and it's often times unavoidable. I can't go up and like have a personal interview with every single guest in my restaurant. So we just have to be very aware of people's physical movements and the volume of their voice and the way that they're acting in general and keeping an eye on them and that's everybody, every man and woman, and whether it's a 21-year-old or an 81-year-old, we need to be aware of this. And then there's also, especially if we're talking about an older clientele or even any person that might be under um, prescription drugs that might make them appear to be intoxicated, although it's just a side effect of the drug itself. And maybe that's a drug that they're taking that can be consumed with alcohol. It's a very fine line that we have to use when we're judging somebody. And again, that gives you an opportunity to go and just have a short interview with them if you do have some suspicion about their level of intoxication and sobriety. So we mentioned a little bit uh, people that They've been drinking before. I think this happens all the time. And they come in, they seem totally fine. And you serve them one drink, and that's the tipping point. They're like zero to six. Do you ever have, you have any situations like that? Yeah, all the time. And 
they're difficult to monitor. If if you've given somebody a drink and they've already got halfway through it, it's very difficult to go up and say, hey, I didn't realize you were already on the edge of intoxication and I'm going to need to take that back. Can you share an example it, of, of when you had to do that? Yeah, I, well, you can't really. It, it, that's very difficult to like take that back. If somebody is completely out of control, yes, remove that beverage from them. But if you see somebody's about finished with their drink, let them finish it. If they try to order another drink, let them know that you can't serve them. But most importantly, to protect yourself and the general public, is to kindly approach them and make sure that they're not driving or riding a bicycle or anything in between. And if they are, find alternative means for them to get home. So if somebody's already been overserved, what do you do? Like you've you've already served them. You are right now liable for whatever damages they cause outside of your establishment. So you can't take back or undo the drink that they've had. And it's oftentimes not worth it to get in a fight over the last drop of alcohol that's in their glass, in their hand. It's not going to make but much difference anyway. It's, it's not. But it, what is important is to ensure for their safety and for everybody else's that they're not going to go drive a car, that they're not trying to go get in a fight with somebody or whatever could happen. So many things can happen. Um, but to make sure that you are aware of the fact that they're intoxicated and that you're looking out for their safety and you just want to make sure that their next stop is probably going to be home and that they're going to do so in a ride chair or a taxi cab or if they've got a short walk that they're going to do so carefully or hopefully they've got a companion like a friend or a partner that will help escort them home in a safe manner. Can you share a, a story of when cutting someone off went really well? Yeah, and again, this happens all the time is we had a group of guests that were standing in line. It was 10 o'clock at night. They had come from a couple of bars already. They were now very hungry. There was four of them and all of them were in great condition except one person was intoxicated and they tried to order around to four drinks in line. And my lead ambassador who takes our orders at the front door noticed that this person was intoxicated, immediately came to the bar and said, hey, just want to let you know I've got four guests in line. They're looking at the drinks menu. I'm not comfortable serving one of them. Can you take a look over there? So this person came to me and got a second opinion. And I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. That person's wobbly. I went and talked to them. They had all come from another bar. And I let them know before they even tried to place an order. It was like, hey, I noticed that you guys are looking at our drinks menu. Please let me know if you have questions on anything. My name is Andrew. I'm our beverage director. And just a note, did all four of you plan on ordering a drink? They said yes. So I said, great. I just want to stop you before we move further, let you know that your friend over here looks a little bit intoxicated, and I'm not comfortable serving them while you're here. So even if you guys stay and eat, that's totally fine, but no time during the stay will I be able to give another drink to this guest and I just want to let you guys know that if you've come from somewhere else and you've already had several drinks I'm going to have to be very careful about how much I serve the rest of you as well I just want to make sure that everybody is safe and healthy and happy and 
kind of laid it all I, out and, on the and table. I laid it all out I told them what the game plan was I let the most sober person in the party know that person under question wouldn't be getting any alcohol and that if I served any beverages to the rest of the group that was quite sober looking that if at any point the intoxicated guest was holding a drink or had a sip of a drink I would have to take everything away and ask all four of them to leave they totally got it. They were like, oh, great, that makes sense. Thanks for watching her back. He went and explained to the friend that was a little wobbly what the situation was. And before they even finished their conversation, I'd come back with some complimentary tea for all of them. So now I had something in their hand. They had a drink. They were happy. It was a really nice herbal tea. I wasn't using that as an opportunity to like wake the guest up, but... Everybody that's standing in line gets thirsty and wants a little bit of something to drink. And everybody was happy. And, and honestly, I bet that person that we didn't serve alcohol to woke up in a better mood than they would have otherwise. And maybe they even woke up and thanked us. Maybe they didn't even remember, but who knows. I've been cut off in bars before and been very thankful that the bartender cut me off. And at that point, you know, it was late in the evening. And oftentimes I was like, wow. Maybe I should go home. And then I went home and I got up on time and got to my meetings right. and didn't feel so shitty. Cause, so, cause how many times do you wake up in the morning and you're like, I shouldn't have had that last one. That was the one that no. did me in. And don't you wish that more bartenders and servers yeah. looked out for you and thought, especially with our own kin, from bartender to bartender, we are oftentimes over-serving our friends. And sometimes we're forcing our friends to drink more. I'm not drinking much these days, and I go to all these industry events, and a round of shots get put out, and everybody's like, oh, have the shot. I'm like, no, I'm not drinking. And then they look at you like, dude, it's just a one-ounce shot a lot of tequila. And I'm like, dude, I don't want that. I'm not going to drink that. And like, I'm smart enough and man enough to know when no means no and to say it proudly. But many people don't. And even in my sober travels right now I get sucked into a shot every now and then maybe I'll just have a little taste of it and put it off to the side but that peer pressure is always there and it's very difficult to ignore yeah it's tough but it seems like uh, so many of these bad situations that we have to deal with can be seen as an opportunity to provide good hospitality Uh, it seems like you've done a really good job with that are there other times that have been particularly challenging. Maybe we, we mentioned earlier when a guest is very entitled and the more entitled someone is and the more used they are to getting what they want, the harder it is to tell them no. Can you share an example of a time yeah, you had to deal with that? and honestly, that's happened very recently. I had a guest that is a great regular of ours. He is a very important member of our community and knows many of the owners and managers here at our restaurant. And so that's a particularly tricky situation because this person, you want them to come back and to have an amazing experience every time they're here. And this person had had more wine than they needed in one night. And they wanted another glass of wine. And they had already had a nice big meal with us. I don't know where they had come from beforehand, but they had had some drinks there as well. And everybody behind the bar 
we talked about it. We were very clear with one another. Okay, we're done turning this person. It was a challenge for our bartender to go and tell this person that we weren't serving them more because he had asked to see the wine list again. So he came to me. This is a good opportunity to grab a upper management, an owner, somebody that might know the person on a more personal level and can be a little more delicate maneuvering around the situation. And you don't want to embarrass the person either. You know, it's a close-knit bar. Everybody's packed in together. So I went around the bar and approached them from their their side of the bar, touched them on the shoulder, and you know, only because I knew them and that was okay. Otherwise, you want to avoid visible contact in any situation. But, you know, I let them know, hey, it's me, it's Andrew. I've taken care of you many times, and I know what you're like when you're in a good, sober condition. However, I think that I've served you more glasses of wine than I need to tonight. And I know you're looking at another glass of wine, but I can't serve you one. However, and this is the important part, is always have some alternative solution. However, I've got some really nice herbal teas that I think you should try. And I, I didn't even give him an option to say no. I just said, I've got this beautiful cherry leaf tea with hibiscus. It's got a lot of texture. It actually, it reminds me of a Pinot Noir, both in color and mouthfeel. And I've got a really nice, refreshing Armenian mint tea. Would you like either of those? And he said, ooh, that one that reminds you of the Pinot Noir sounds great. And I purposely said that because he had been drinking Pinot Noir all night. And that was just like a really easy segue into offering an alternative solution. I didn't even charge him for the tea. He didn't feel embarrassed because I had this very private conversation like close to his ear so nobody else could hear it. And it was more comfortable than it could have been. Yeah, it's another another opportunity for hospitality is, is not embarrassing someone, making yes. them feel comfortable with the way you talk to them, and also they want to feel included. So yes. giving them something so they can have a drink. It's not yep. awkward to stand around when everyone's drinking and yep. not have something in your hand or just have a glass of water. Yeah. And actually, quite the opposite story happened once when I was at Romolo, and I had a a group of young people come in and there was four of them and they said, hey, we've got 12 more friends joining us. Can we have this huge set of tables? I was like, hell yeah, we'd be happy to have you guys. 15, 16 people coming in. It was kind of a slow night. We were really happy to have them. And the first group that arrived, I noticed that one member of the party, she was way overserved from wherever they had come from. And I quickly let them know. They tried to order a couple drinks for me. I was like, hey, just to let you know, this young lady that you're with, I can't serve her. She's obviously had too much to drink elsewhere, and I'm concerned for her safety and everybody else's. So you're welcome to hang out. I will happily bring her water or non-alcoholic beverages. And our kitchen's open if you guys are hungry, but I can't serve her. And she was, like, really upset. And so was her boyfriend. He was taking her side. He's like, oh, no, she's fine. She's fine. Like, what if we order some food? I was like, I, they were so upset with the fact that I was not serving her that I started to take their side and, like, bargain with them and say, all right, well, after you guys order some burgers and fries, like, I'll revisit the situation. That was the last time I ever made that mistake because they ordered some food. 
their 12 other friends came. I was very careful to monitor everybody else. All of them were in good shape. They were drinking, having a good time. They were quite reasonable. And an hour had passed, and they were like, all right, cool, she's eaten, she's sober now. Can we order a drink for her? And I was like, you know, honestly, you're not sober. I know you might think you are. You're probably feeling a little more energetic now that you've eaten. But I can't serve you. I'm really sorry. And I'm sorry that I led you on earlier by letting you know I'd revisit the situation after you ate some food. And they completely took it the wrong way. And they were like, well, you said you would definitely serve her after we ate some food and this and that. And I was like, no, it's not what I said. And in fact, I apologize. I should have cut you off completely and fully without any sort of opportunity to recover. And I gave myself such a difficult situation by giving them the opportunity to revisit her sobriety. Right. It's like, once you make the decision... You can't go back from it. And, and again, if one person on your team, if one person behind the bar says, I'm cutting this person off, that's all it takes. They Everyone's have to share that, share that news with the rest of the team behind the bar and on the floor so that everybody is very careful and delicate around that, that group. And there's no arguing with it. Like, one person is all it takes. And once you make that decision, you have to be very, very firm about it or you're going to regret it. So how did that situation end? Uh, They ended up, like, arguing with me. And then they said, well, all 12 of us are going to leave since you're not serving her. And I said, okay. And they tried using that as bargaining power. Like, you guys are going to have less sales and less tips now because all of us are going to leave. And I said, that's fine. I'm not going to take a $10,000 fine or risk her injuring some other person out there in the public just so that I can have an extra few hundred dollars in sales. It's not worth it to me. And at the end of the situation, she and her boyfriend left, but the other 10 people stayed. Wow. So, you know, everybody might threaten you, but at the end of the day, the other 10 of them are like, not going to sacrifice their good time. And they all knew she was intoxicated anyway. So they were, of course, taking her side, but they were like, well, she is quite drunk, and I'm having a good time, and it's my Friday night too, so why would I sacrifice my Friday night just because she's drunk and won't won't accept the fact that she won't be served anymore? So most people, like I said, will be on your side, but you have to get them on your side first. Mm. And you can't have any sort of bargaining on the table or people will take it out of, uh, you know. Right. Alcohol turns you into, into children. And then you, yeah. And the, people aren't even in control. It's, we have such an obligation to take care of people. I've always find it ironic how it's our job to sell people alcohol, but we can't sell them too much. <laughs> and we gotta, so it's this really fine juggling act. What are some strategies you use to manage, like, all the people in your bar? You know, I find it easy to keep track of people at the bar, but if there's people at other tables or people buying rounds for other people, um, how do you keep that all straight in your head? It's very difficult to, and I think that's why it's really important to come into work with a clear mind and eliminate as much stress and negative energy from your personal life as possible because those are huge inhibitors to your ability to clearly judge other people. And I can't stress it enough. 
Have your shift drink after your shift. Don't drink on the job. The second you have even a quarter of a drink in your bloodstream, you cannot objectively judge other people and their level of intoxication. For us, we also look at the tables check, and we have a rule. You're not allowed to have more than four drinks here. So four drinks is a lot, and especially if you drink those four drinks in, say, only an hour, that can easily put your blood alcohol content into a dangerous situation. But many people can handle four drinks over the course of a night. You know, many people like to hang out for a couple hours and enjoy some food and hydrate. And if you're drinking at a slow and proper pace, that's totally fine. But even if you've been here for five hours and had your four drinks, we don't serve you a fifth one. That's just our house rule. It's to protect us. It's to protect you. There's plenty of great bars nearby that you can go to that we're friends with. We'll happily direct you elsewhere if you're still looking sober. Like, I'm not going to cut you off because you are intoxicated and then send you elsewhere. But we have our own house rules. Four drinks per person is the max. And that doesn't mean everybody gets to have four. It's... If you are sober and clear-headed, you can have up to four drinks at our discretion. That's a, that's a great idea to just not have any gray area for people. It's like it's like the the situation that went bad where you said maybe in an after you eat, if you just set that precedent like this is the framework that <laughs> that you and your yes. friends are operating in now, and there's no question then. Yeah, yeah. Just, and. Our plan is to be open for many years and for our employees to be here for many years and to have successful, happy careers here. And there's not one time ever where it's worth taking the risk to overserve somebody just for that extra few dollars in tip or an extra few dollars in sales. Like, there's no situation where that ever makes sense. So I'd rather, in fact, it's quite the opposite. Like, if you realize that you are taken care of and somebody cut you off for good reason, you're actually probably going to come back. You're like, you know what? Those guys take care of me. I'm going to go back. I'm going to even tip them bigger next time. Yeah. Like, save those eggs for later. They will hatch. They will be profitable and successful for you if you're smart about the way you serve guests. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for your time. It's yeah, a, my pleasure. It's and really nice you to know, be here at Noosh. It's a beautiful place. Thank and, you so uh, much. You always have great advice to share. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And to everybody out there, be smart, be safe, be sober, treat your guests with respect and kindness, and have alternatives. That was Andrew Meltzer. Cutting people off used to be the thing I hated the most about bartending, but I really feel confident after hearing Andrew's advice. Cutting someone off is just another opportunity to provide good hospitality, and it can go really well if you're prepared. Get a second opinion, make sure everyone is on the same page, be very clear, explain everything, and have something else to offer. Just be prepared. Things will go really well. For info on this topic and more, check out your86.com. That's Y-O-U-R-E 86.com. We've also got some cool t-shirts and hoodies available now in the shop check it out and we'll see you next time